This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. How many of you admire people who can remember names? Man, I, I'm just amazed at some people how they can remember they can remember names. I mean, people that haven't seen you in a year and they just show up and rattle off your name. It's like, how do you do that? It's just like, that's crazy, right? I'm a pastor. I pastor lots of people and that's supposed to be my gift. I'm supposed to remember. It's important to what I do. It's important because how many of you know when you know somebody's name, then they feel valued by you and and uh, the truth of the matter is, is it's just not my strength. It's not my gift. I've tried all kinds of gimmicks. I've, I've worked at it, and I've worked at it, and I'm still working at it, and I'm not going to quit, but it just is not my strength. It's, it's, it's hard enough just to remember my kids' names. Um, I kind of think I inherited something that my dad gave me, you know. When my dad would call our names growing up, in fact, he still does, he would call all your, you know, I have two other brothers and a sister, and I have uncles and aunts, and he would go through all the other brothers' names, and then if I didn't respond, he'd start on his, his brother's names, like my uncles. It's like, you know, he'd go, Gary, Rick, Larry, and then, and he'd never come around to saying your name. He, he'd just say all these other names, and so I have kind of found myself doing the same thing with, with my kids. You know, I'd be calling for Nick, but I'm not calling for Nick. I'm saying... Andrew, Scuzzbutt, um, Lame Brain, you know, I, you just, you just, just all these kinds of crazy things, you know. And now all my kids are, are out, of the, <laughs> out of the house now, and so I have dogs. And so I'll be calling for my dogs, you know, they're out there running in, in the neighborhood, and I'll be calling my dogs, and my dogs are like Bentley and Harley. <laughs> but I'll be saying, Andrew, Nick, Rissy. <laughs> My neighbors are going, like, really? It's just, it's just not something that I'm really I'm good about. Don't act like you're perfect in that area. Uh, what's interesting about that, that there's a young lady in our, in our church that has figured this, this out. Um, and she, she will flat call me on the carpet in front of everybody. She knows I have this difficulty. Uh, her name is Georgia, and... Uh, her mom is Roxanne. In fact, I think they have a picture of this young, beautiful girl. Uh, and they're, they're from our Fresno campus, great, great people. And uh, for the last several years, uh, Georgia, uh, anytime that I'm in Fresno or we're having, you know, united gatherings here at Clovis, she'll, she'll, um, she'll, she'll uh, aggressively come after me um, to... <laughs> to um, call me out on this, this, this weakness that I have, and, and uh, she'll embarrass me. She'll, she'll come right up to me when I'm talking to all kinds of people, and she'll, she'll just embarrass me uh, because she'll interrupt, and she'll just say, what's my name? And I don't know her name, and she knows I don't know her name, and this has been going on for a couple of years, so you'd think I would remember her name. And so she'll come and she'll embarrass me and then she'll scold me <laughs> in front of everybody like, see, you don't know my name, do you? You don't know my name. And she'll, 
embarrass me and she'll scold me. And uh, in fact, the last time I seen her in a gathering, I seen her coming and I ditched her by... Because I couldn't, I just couldn't remember, I couldn't remember Georgia. So every time we have a gathering, I'm watching out for Georgia because I'm afraid she's going to scold me and embarrass me that I have forgotten again her, her name. The last time she actually caught me, it was awesome because she thought she was going to embarrass me again. She thought she was going to be able to scold me in front of people. And she said, what's my name? And I said, Georgia. She put her head down and walked away. (laughs) And what was funny about that, she didn't realize she had a name tag on (laughs) that helped me, (laughs) that helped me to remember her name. Have you ever been in a place where you feel like God has forgotten your name? You feel like God has forgotten who you are, maybe, maybe in times of trials or in that place of struggle. Perhaps it's, perhaps it's been a dark place in your life, a lonely place where you, you wondered, maybe God has forgotten about me. Uh, I could be honest with you. I, I've been there. Man, I have been where I felt like, God, do you even know who I am? And... Uh, I've bought the T-shirt and bought the hat at the same day, feeling like God forgot me. Now, now listen, all of our campuses, um, the reason why I'm teaching what I'm teaching is going to come across so simple, but I'm here to tell you it is really, really profound. And my concern is today is that you dismiss it because it's so simple and it's such a simple teaching that you you miss how profound and the help that God has in it. What has really stirred this message is is really I was talking with my wife uh, early uh, early morning, one of these days this past week, and we were talking about how many life stories we're hearing about, people that have come into celebration, and they were going to commit suicide. I mean, they were just giving God one more day, and and they were going to blow their brains out. They were going to take the pills, and it just seems like, especially in the last month, I've just bumped into so many people that, that, that have just come to the place where they feel so lonely that there was just no other option. They, they were facing so many issues in their life that they felt there was no other option except to take their life because they, because they really believed that God had forgotten about them. Um, you know, this was the case with a people in the Old Testament. Um, what had happened is that God's people had been taken captive. It's called the Babylonian captivity. And the Bible says that that captivity, that slavery lasted for 70 years, that their enemy had, came, had come in and, and utterly destroyed their homeland and carried them off to, to Babylon. And during that 70 years, you have all these people, millions of people, and they had come to the place that they really felt like God had forgotten about them. See, it's, it's, it's no new thing. The enemy is, has always used this tool to disappoint and discourage and depress people. He, he, he sits on your shoulder and he lies, and he tells you the lie that God has forgotten 
about you. And this was the, the condition of God's people, a story in the Old Testament where for 70 years they're in slavery and they're in bondage and they're in captivity. And, and, and over and over they keep saying, God has forgotten about me. And God uses Jeremiah, a preacher, a prophet, to speak to this condition of his people. And this is what God said to them, a people who felt like God had forgotten about them. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I'm going to read that again. You know, most of us at all of our locations I'm sure you've heard that verse. If you've been in church, you know, for any length of time, you probably have heard that verse. It's a, it's a really a popular verse. A lot of people have it on plaques and refrigerators, and, 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 and they quote it, and they live by it. It, it. it probably is one of the most popular verses, people's favorite verse. They quote it all the, times, but, all the time, but do you realize the context in which that was written? Because it takes on more meaning when you understand the context in which that was written, that was written to a people who felt like God had forgotten them. And God says, I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a a hope. One, One translation says, I know the plans I have for you. Another version says, I know what I'm thinking about you. So God right here in this, this verse, he sets the record straight, settles the issue to the question, has God forgotten about me? And God says to those who have felt like they have been forgotten, I have not forgotten about you. I'm here. This is the assignment. It's going to be quick. It's going to be easy. But here's the assignment this, 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 this afternoon at all of our campuses is, 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 is to stamp this truth into your spirit that God has not forgotten about you. I want you to say this with me. Say, at all of our campuses, say, say this. Say, God has not forgotten about me. Ready? God has not forgotten about me. Say it again. God has not forgotten about me. This is the word of God for you, you who are depressed, you who are confused, you who are discouraged, you who are up against the wall where you don't know how you're going to make it, you who are thinking suicidal thoughts, I'm here to tell you, God has not forgotten about you. No matter what happened in your past, no matter what you're facing today, or no matter what comes your way tomorrow, God has not, God has not forgotten about you. I think, I think somebody... Maybe you're in Madeira. I don't know. Maybe you're Fresno. I think somebody needs to tell their problem that God has not forgotten about about me. Somebody needs to tell their struggle, God has not forgotten about me. Because that's where we believe the lie, don't we? It's in the struggle and it's in the problem. God God must not know my name. He's like Pastor Randy. He forgot who who I am. Somebody needs to tell their struggle. Somebody needs to tell their problem. Somebody needs to tell their difficulty today. This truth, God has not forgotten about me. Let me give you three things quickly. Three truths why I know God has not forgotten about you. Number one, God cannot forget about you because you're in his 
thoughts. You're in his thoughts. Again, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Hear it this morning, hear it this afternoon. God can't forget about you because you are on God's mind. You're, according to this, you're on God's mind. You're in God's thoughts. Now, this is where the confusion lies. This is where we all get confused because sometimes in our thoughts, it just doesn't seem like God, that, 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 that God has us in His thoughts. And, and that's because we don't understand the way God thinks. He, he don't think like we think. So if we think He's not thinking about us, we think that that's the way He's thinking, but that's not the way He thinks. I know that's confusing, but... but but let me give you a verse that proves what I'm saying. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. It says, my thoughts are, not, are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So, so God says right here, I don't think the way you think. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. And this is why, hear it, this is why we get confused and believe the devil's lie that God has forgotten about us because we think God has forgotten about us. But I'm here to tell you, in God's thoughts, he has not forgotten about you. Uh, I can see you're still confused about that truth. Uh, Understanding... The Hebrew word for thoughts, when God says, you're in my thoughts, will really, really help us today. The word thoughts in the Hebrew language in the Bible carries the idea, when God says, my thoughts, what he's saying, it carries the idea, the definition of that word, the idea of that word is combining things together. Now, this is, this is a little deep. This is as deep as we're going today. But if you get this, it's going to really help you. So when God says thoughts, it, it, it's a word that, that conveys the idea of combining things together that are not of the same kind. It's, it's the blending of things together that are not of the same kind. It's, a, it's the braiding of things together, of things that are not the same kind. It's the weaving together of things that are not of the same kind. Kind. That's what thoughts mean when God says, you're in my, my thoughts. Um, have you ever watched somebody hand weave a rug? Especially on one of those old-fashioned looms. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've seen that at times at the fair. I've seen that in different exhibits, museums. It's just, it's an incredible thing to watch. In fact, if you don't know what I'm talking about, they've got a picture here they're putting on the screen, and this is like an old-fashioned loom, and here's these, these yarns that they have, and they're, they're hand-weaving these different colors and different types of yarns together. And they'll do that, and then eventually they'll begin to, to make a masterpiece. I think they have another slide there. And so this kind of gives you the idea of what's going on. Now, what is interesting is that 
on the front side that you're seeing in that picture, if you look at that, the front side, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's a masterpiece what these, these individuals, these artists can put together. But if you've ever watched them weave these yarns together, again, it's the weaving together of something that God's talking about. If you've ever watched them weave these yarns together, if you go to the back side of the rug, what's amazing is the, it, it looks incomplete. It looks unfinished. It looks like it's not together. It, it, looks, um, it looks, to be honest with you, it kind of looks confusing on the back side. But if you'll come around from the back side to the front side, you've got a, a masterpiece. A masterpiece. Um, on the back side, it's, it's undone. It's unclear, it's, it's, it's unfinished, it's confusing. Here, here's what I'm trying to say to you today at all of our campuses. Make sure you don't just look at your life on the backside because God is still weaving together all that stuff to make your life a masterpiece. And if you allow God to do His thing, there's another side that will eventually look like He promised it would look. It's, it's the way He works. It's the way His thoughts work. And so you think He's forgotten about you, but He's weaving. You look at the backside of your life, but He's weaving. I can see that some of you are still confused, so you may know nothing about a, a rug weave. Maybe you're here today and you know something about a hair weave. <laughs> or you know something about hair extensions. Now, I'm not a cosmetologist, but the bottom line is this. A hair weave, a hair weave or hair extensions is about adding, it's about adding hair. Uh, whether it's clipped in, fused in, braided in, or weaved in, uh, a hair extension or a hair weave. <laughs> I had to do a lot of research this week. It's, it's, about <laughs> it's about adding, the, the bottom line, it's about adding hair. It's about adding hair. And I'm trying to get you to understand this word thoughts, the way God thinks. It's about adding hair. What's amazing about a woman is a woman can have a short uh, head of hair one day and then the next day be sporting miles and miles of hair. And I don't know what it is about a woman that gets a weed <laughs> or a woman that gets extensions. But they also get an attitude with it. <laughs> Have you ever noticed a woman that gets extensions or a weave? I, I, we, we had one the other day. My, my, I didn't know who this, who this lady was. I, I should have. She's, she, she's been a part of the church for years. But she comes sporting in one of these weaves, this, this extension. And she comes strutting in like she owned the world. You can tell I can't strut very good. 
I mean, swinging that head of hair all up and down and up and all around and all up and down. Strutting herself on in there with her weave, with her extensions, whatever they were. She never had that confidence. What in the world? See, see when, they get, when they get the weave and they get the extension, they also get the, 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 the attitude. Now, before I offend anybody at our campuses today, let me just tell you how this whole thing works. They buy some hair. They buy some dead hair. It's cute, but it's, it's dead. It's, it's dead hair. And, and a good cosmetologist is able to fuse it in. They're able to braid it in. They're able to weave it in with your hair that's alive. Um, they extend the weave, the dead hair in with the live hair, and it comes out as a, a masterpiece, if you know what I'm saying. This is exactly what God does in our lives. He takes, he takes the dead things. He, he takes the dead stuff and He blends it in with His love and with His mercy and with His power and He weaves it all together into a... I'm going to throw it up there one more time and you better laugh this time. Ready? He blends it together as a master. Can somebody clap for Pastor Randy's crazy, crazy. I'm just trying to get you to get a point. I will do anything to drive a point home, even if I have to look stupid, so you can go home saved and delivered and set free. So you better laugh at my courty joke. Don't you point your finger at me. I'm trying to help somebody to understand that when God thinks the way he thinks, he's trying to weave something together. He's taking the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he's weaving it all together to make a masterpiece in your life. And i got to encourage somebody. You're looking at the backside of your life, and you need to come around and start looking at what God is creating and what God is making. Romans 8, this will help you. This is why we read in Romans 8, 28, put it on the screens. It says, for we know, we know, for we know, we know. Somebody needs to know this today. This is why you're confused. This is why you're depressed. This is why you're suicidal. You've got to know this understanding, for we know that God causes everything, everything, that disappointment, that pain, that hurt, he causes everything to work together. He's weaving it all together. And what's he weaving it together for? Together for the good of those who love God. When God is done with your life, it will be good. God wants you to know that he has the power to weave the dead stuff, the lifeless stuff, the painful stuff, the disappointing stuff. And he takes all that stuff and weaves it together with his love and with his mercy. He takes your failures. He takes his love and, his, and he weaves it all together and he makes it work out for good. God is saying to you, listen, God is saying to me today, listen, I have not forgotten about you 
Don't you think for a moment that I'm not working this out for your good. Don't you think for a moment that I'm not weaving that pain, that disappointment, that hurt, and I'm not working it out for your good. Don't you think that I have forgotten about you because I have you in my thoughts. In my thoughts. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, do you believe that today? Somebody needs to praise God for the weed. Come on, somebody needs to praise. Says somebody over at our other campuses. Come on, Madeira and Fresno. Somebody ought to tap their name and say, your weave is looking really good today. Come on, thank God for the weed. God cannot forget about you, number two, because you're in his plans. Not only are you in his thoughts, But you're in God's plans. Again, to a people. A people that felt like God had forgotten. Notice he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, in the NET version, he says, For I know what I have planned for you, says the Lord. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I have plans, plans to give you a future and filled with hope. God says, I can't forget about you because you're in my my plans. Now, what's crazy is in the same chapter, the chapter where they felt like God had forgotten about him, the, him them, and, and God says, I haven't forgotten because you're in my thoughts and you're in my plans. And God says this to them, and this is really helpful. Notice what he says to them in Jeremiah 29, 5 and 6. He says, he gives them instructions here. Here's what you need to do where you're at right now. In the disappointment, in the hurt, in the pain, here's what you need to do. Build houses. And make yourselves at home, put in gardens and eat what, God, what, what grows in that country. Marry and have children. Encourage your children to marry and have children so that you'll thrive in that country and not waste away. Notice God wants you to thrive in that country. The New King James Version says, so that you may be increased there and not diminished. Oh, please don't miss this most important point. Notice that God said to a people who's discouraged, who's held in captivity, who feels like giving up, who feels like their God has forgotten about them, God says to those people, you need to build there. You need to plant there. You need to marry there. You need to establish your lives there because right there is where I'm going to increase you. Right there is where I'm going to bless you. Right there is where you're going to thrive. Wow. You mean to tell me in my captivity? Because you've got to remember, God's talking to a people who are in captivity. You mean to tell me, God, right in my hell, right in my captivity, you're going to bless me? You mean I can thrive right in the... Come on, somebody ought to get excited. This is a word for somebody today. Right in the middle of your disappointment, right in the middle of your pain, right in the middle of your hell, God says, don't run away because I have plans to bless you, to increase you, to prosper you right there. You mean to tell me God can do it right here? I'm here to tell you you're here today because God wants to tell you right there, I'm going to heal you. Right there, I'm going to deliver you. Right there, I'm going to bless you. Right there, I'm going to increase you till you thrive, thrive, thrive. Oh, that's good stuff right there. Come on, somebody. 
You mean right there where the Niners are losing every game, God? You can buy, I don't have to go and be a Seahawks fan? Right there. Right there in your misery. The thing you're complaining about. The thing you're trying to get out of. God says, I can, I can bless you. I can. See, most of us are trying to escape out of our hell. And sometimes you've got to understand, in order to, in order to get through, you've got to go through. So important. In order, I love when I can get out of the pain, but more likely than not, you're going to have to go through your pain in order to get through your pain. But I have a word for you. God can bless you, right? I feel like i got to stop because, see, some of you are, oh, God, take me. Oh, God, I can't handle this. God, I can't take another day, and I'm here to tell you. You're going to have to understand, in order to get through, you've got to go through. And you can go through when you understand that God is with you, that he's got you in his thoughts, that he's got you in his plans. And not only that, he can prosper me, he can bless me, he can increase me. You mean to tell me I can thrive right here? Come on, somebody needs to grab that word right there. Because you thought you had to move to another city to find God's blessing. I'm here to tell you, you can stay right here in nasty Clovis and God will bless you. You can stay there right there in nasty Fresno and God will bless you. You can even stay there in Madeira and God can find you and you can thrive, thrive, thrive. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting this morning. Oh, God's going to bless you there. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. You can spend your life running from the difficulties. You, can, you, you need to understand, and I think a lot of people are doing that. You need to understand, you need to face that difficulty and understand that God can bless you right there. Now, now here's what I want to say about this is that what's interesting that they're there in their captivity. They're there in their sickness. They're, they're there in their bankruptcy. They're there in their messed up marriage. They're there in their health issue. Come on, whatever your issue is, that's, that's where there is. Come on, we all have issues, right? You've been telling people all week long what your issue is. I'm talking about that issue. Right there, they're there. Listen, there was two generations. The first generation was there because of their, their, their sin and their bad choices. They went into 70 years of captivity because the Bible says because of their wrong choices. So they're there because of their sin and their bad choices. But when they're there, they have children. So there's another generation. Those children aren't there because of their bad decisions because they weren't even born. They're there just because of bad circumstances. I'm here to tell tell you whether you're there because you caused it or whether you're there because you didn't, I'm here to tell you God can still bless you. What does that mean? I don't care if you got there because you were stupid. God's not mad at you. God will bless you. And sometimes life just happens. You just are there because of bad circumstances. And I'm here to tell you, God can find you there and God can bless you there. Don't you think for a moment that God has forgotten your address. He knows your hurt. He knows your pain. And I'm here to tell you, you're getting ready to thrive. Somebody ought to get excited. You're getting ready to thrive right there. Come on. Give the Lord a shout. Number three, we're almost out of here. So you're in God's thoughts and you're in God's plans. 
Number three, God cannot forget about you because you're imprinted in his, his hands. You're imprinted in his hands. I know this is simple. I almost didn't bring it because I God, that's just so simple. He said, no, this is so profound. And this is the reason why people are blowing their brains out. This is the reason why people are quitting on God. This is the reason why people are inconsistent in their relationship with God because they believe God has forgotten them. But God can't forget you because you're in his thoughts. You're in his plans and you're also in his hands. You're imprinted in his, his hands. Some of you have never heard that. In Isaiah 49, 14, this is the same people God's now using the prophet, the preacher Isaiah to speak to this people. Notice what God says to them. Jerusalem, her people, as seen in captivity, said, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. See, that's what they've been saying. God, you've forgotten us. Now notice what God says to that. And the Lord answered, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Well, most of us think, well, no, they're not. What right woman, woman would forget her child? But God says, yes, even, even, even women forget Notice what, they, notice what God says, yes, they may forget, yet I will not forget you. Even if there's a crazy woman out there that would forget her child, I would never, ever, never forget about you. In fact, he goes on to, to, to really fortify this, this truth. He says in verse 16, behold, I have indelibly imprinted, tattooed, a picture of you on the palm of each of my hands. Really? You've got to be kidding me. I was told tattoos are wrong. Apparently, God tatted a picture of you in the palm of his hands. Now, now, I don't know if you've ever heard preachers say, God has you in the palms of your hands. Uh, me and my wife, you know, she's a PK. That's a preacher's kid. So she was raised in church. And so sometimes people that are raised in church can be kind of um, sarcastic a little bit. We all were raised in church. So we kind of see the funny stuff in church and kind of make fun of it. So every time we hear a preacher, you know, somebody be preaching. And if I'm with my wife, um, uh, the preacher said, God has you in the palms of his hand. It sounds cute, right? And, and, and my wife will always say at that time, I hope he don't clap while I'm in the palm of his, of his hand. That's my wife. So I, I said, I'll never preach a sermon on you being in the palm of God's hands because I knew my wife would make fun of me. But I couldn't pass up this truth and this understanding that most people don't know about, God has imprinted. One translation says engraved. One translation says he's carved you into the palm of his hands. How could God forget you? You're in the palms of his hands. God's not mad at you. Who, who told you that garbage? Yeah, but I messed up. I failed. Who hasn't? The people that you think are perfect, oh, they got a closet full if you don't want to see it. They're as bad as you. And God took your badness and redeemed you and saved you. And he put you in the palm. 
Come on, somebody. We all need a Savior. I don't care how good you look. We all, come on, can I get a witness in this? We all need the grace and the mercy of a loving, almighty God. God says, I've, I've tatted you in the palm of my hands. So, so every time God moves his hand, his hands to help, he sees you. Every time God wants to deliver and moves his hands, he's, he's seeing you. He's seeing you. It's, it's the Bible. Every time God extends his hand to show mercy and love and forgiveness, you know who he sees in his hands? He sees, he sees you. you, you that there's one verse that says you're the apple of his eyes. God hasn't forgotten. Who lied to you? God hasn't forgotten about you. Every time he waves his hands to heal, he sees you. It was these same hands these same hands that were nailed to a cross. They drove those nails into that cross so that we could be saved, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be redeemed because we all needed a Savior. And they put those nails in the hands. And he looked at his hands. And you know who he saw? He saw you. He saw he did it for he did it for you. For God so loved the world. He died upon a cross. That whosoever believe in him would not be condemned, but have everlasting. He stretched forth these hands, etched, imprinted, tatted with your image in them. He didn't do it for himself. He was already perfect. He was good all by himself. He stretched him out, and he did it for, for you. He did it for, did it for me. God has never forgotten about you. God has always had you on his mind. He would have never went to the cross without you on his mind. It's the same hands. It's the same hands of love and forgiveness that it's the same hands of mercy and grace that it's the same hands of healing and deliverance that see, it's those hands that's standing at a door, the Bible said, and I want to ask you to close your eyes at all of our campuses, and I want to read to you Revelations chapter 3, verse 20, where Jesus said, look, I have been standing at the door, and I am constantly knocking. And if anyone hears me, if anyone hears me calling him and opens the door, I'll come in and fellowship with him and he with me. You see, those hands are standing at the door and they're and whoever opens 
that door. You know what you'll hear? You'll hear God say, I have never forgotten about you. I love you. I'll save you. I'll heal you. I'll deliver you. I'll weave together all that stuff and make a beautiful masterpiece out of your life. God brought you here at all of our campuses today to tell you God has not forgotten about you. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're at one of our campuses and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never accepted him as Lord or Savior. Or perhaps you're here and, man, you've just kind of threw that whole God thing out the window and you've just kind of been running from him. At one time, you served him and you made him your Lord, your Savior, but you're just doing your own thing and you know it. But you're here today because you want to answer that door. Maybe that door for the first time or maybe that door for the hundredth time. But I know this, he's, he's knocking. And if that's you at any of our campuses, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. In fact, with, with heads bowed, eyes closed, if that's you in Clovis, Madeira, Fresno, would you just stretch forth your hands and say, Pastor, that's me. There's just something about raising your hand and acknowledging and telling God, that's me. I, I need to open the door. Is, is that you that you need to make him Lord and Savior or you need to repent of your sins? You need, to, you need to come back to him. Hands going up all over this building in Clovis. Come on. Have the guts to raise your hands. He died on a cross naked for you. Certainly, you can have the guts to raise your hand and say, I want to receive his love into my life. Hands are up everywhere at all of our locations. Thank you. You can put those hands down. God's seen those hands go up at all of our locations. If you raised your hand or should have raised your hand, in fact, everybody here, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God. Come on again at all of our campuses. Father God, today... I give you my life. I open the door to my life. And I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I surrender my life. Father, forgive me of all my sins. Today, I declare that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Father God, with your help from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, it all of our campus. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.